49er fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the 49ers Paradise Podcast Show. Thank you all once again for tuning in. This week's show is unsponsored. If you're interested in sponsoring a 49ers Paradise Podcast Show, drop me a line at podcast at 49ersparadise.com. Alright, 49er fans, we are off to a 3-1 start to the season. That's uh, quite a turnaround from what we've grown accustomed to in the past few years, and I use the term grown accustomed to pretty loosely. Obviously, as a fan base as a whole, we haven't been very satisfied with that type of performance, but certainly it is what we have expected the norm to be. Uh, Mike Singletary definitely has turned this team around. We are literally two inches away from being a 4-0 team, heading into what should be a a difficult game in Atlanta and then the bye week. So it's uh, shaped up to be an interesting season, and it's uh, definitely been a lot more fun to watch when the team wins than when the team loses. Um, And it seems like people around the NFL are starting to take notice as well. Before we move on to a little bit of uh, game analysis last week and this coming week, I do want to mention a couple things to look out for on 49ers Paradise. First of all, 49ers Paradise is now on Facebook, so along with Twitter, you can get 49ers Paradise on Facebook. Uh, and Facebook allows us to do a little bit, uh, a little different things than we can do on the website normally in terms of communicating with the rest of the community. Definitely uh, hoping that you'll all become fans of 49ers Paradise on Facebook. There's a a great link on the main page of 49ers Paradise to make it easy for you. Or, of course, you can search for 49ers Paradise on Facebook itself. Be happy to have you all as fans, most definitely, and to communicate with you in that way as well. So, hoping to see you on the Facebook uh, page. Now, that Facebook page is actually the reason why there was no podcast recorded last week, so I do apologize for that. Just uh, could only stretch myself so thin, but I was happy to be able to launch that new feature on 49ers Paradise, and it seems to be growing at a pretty decent pace. So keep on joining up as friends. I'm happy to have you all, and it should be a fun way to continue to interact and uh, spread the word about our 49ers. I did also want to mention another thing you'll see on 49ers Paradise, and that's a weekly question. Hooked on the Niners, the television show and website, hookedontheniners.com, has made a uh, question of the week available to 49ers Paradise fans. So each week you'll have an opportunity to ask the special guest on the TV show a question, and one question will be selected. Uh, by the hosts of Hooked on the Niners to ask their special guests. And guests have uh, ranged from Matt Mayoko, and my understanding is that Jerry Rice will be on the show. And so it's it's something fun to look out after, and definitely uh, throw your questions our way. You can do that either via the forum, or as well it can be done on Facebook too. So definitely keep your eyes open for that. I think it's a, a great new addition. And as well, if you haven't tuned into the show either live on television or via the webcast, keep your eyes open for that because we do link to the uh, re-video broadcast that's put online each and every week that the show is on air. So definitely keep your eyes open for that. So if we look back at this past week's game, 
Um, the first half of the game can almost be ignored. The first uh, 28 minutes of the game can almost be ignored, and perhaps it's better that way because the 49ers were not a very good offensive team, certainly. The defense played well. Uh, the defense played very well in the first half, despite the fact that they were playing an awful team. They did show a uh, definite heightened level of competence. Now, We'll put that on the shelf for a minute because we'll talk about the defense plenty. The offense, and for that matter, the special teams were lackluster. Uh, special teams missed a field goal, and it was a very windy day, but nevertheless, they missed a field goal. Uh, they also allowed a run back, which was ended up being called back on the first play of the game. Uh, that might have uh, made the difference a lot bigger and a lot harder to overcome in this past week's game. Had... St. Louis started off on the 49ers' two-yard line to begin the game, it may have been a very different game and a very different outcome. There was a penalty, the play was called back, it was holding. You could argue, yes, no, the play would have happened without the holding, with the holding. Point of the matter is, the 49ers cannot afford to come out and be taken like that on the first play of the game. And certainly, if they can minimize those special teams' errors, that would be a big step towards allowing their defense to continue its domination. So that was almost a very, very ugly start to the game. The offense was brutal in the first half of the game. There was no run game. There was no pass game. They weren't converting first downs. Um, and a lot of that is not on quarterback Sean Hill's shoulders. A lot of it is on the offensive line, who wasn't opening up lanes. A lot of it is on Glenn Coffey, the rookie running back, who was going only where the play was designed to. And sometimes when a hole opens up, running back's got to have the vision to cut back. And I think as Coffey becomes more confident in the offense, hopefully we'll see that. And a lot of it was on drop passes. Uh, I hate to say it, but Isaac Bruce continues to drop the ball. He does still come up with plays, but he does continue to drop the ball. And that concerns me a great deal. Now, special teams did come up with a great play to end the half, or come close to ending the half, and that was a punt, muffed punt, uh, fumble, cab. I don't know how else to describe it, pick up and recover in the end zone touchdown 49ers. It was a heck of a play. Uh, Scott McKillop was the guy who managed to fall on the ball eventually in the end zone. And Jason Hill was absolutely instrumental in making sure that the 49ers were first to that ball. So it was a bit of a lucky play. It was the only seven points the team ended up needing because the defense came through with a shutout. But it was lucky. And... After that, you can't really count on a team to come up with that type of a play every week. So the first half of the game, offensive and special teams were quite disappointing. The defense throughout the game was phenomenal. We're talking about a championship-caliber defense is what we saw this past week. Yes, Seattle is not a good team. We know that. We know that we should beat them 10 out of 10 times the way they are this year. And they might even be a worse team than Detroit was last year. They may not lose 16 straight, but they are a pretty dismal team. Nevertheless, holding any team in the NFL to zero points is quite an accomplishment. And the 49ers haven't done that in a very long time. 
So here you have a defense where you have Patrick Willis with two and a half sacks, an interception for a touchdown, Ray McDonald with a uh, fumble recovery for a touchdown. You have 14 points coming from the defense. That is when you get a defense that is championship caliber, when they start scoring points. This was circa 1994, only without Ken Norton Jr. punching the crap out of a goalpost. It was really uh, quite a... I, I mean, if you were a defensive fan... It was quite a game, and even if you were an offensive fan, it was hard not to get into this type of defensive performance. The 49ers were all over the field, uh, in particular the linebacking group, the defensive line. It's hard to deny that the defensive backs did a phenomenal job too. Nate Clements was awesome in run support. All the DBs did great against the pass. Uh, Shante Spencer, I believe, had the first completion of the season on him this this past week, so it's, he's had a pretty good four games. Uh, the completion came off of a tipped pass that he almost intercepted. Uh, unfortunately, the receiver ended up catching the ball. Nevertheless, he had a phenomenal performance, as did the rest of the defense. There's really not much more you can say about it. That defense did exactly what you want a defense to do. They did it better than they've done it all season. They scored points, which is not something you can normally count on a defense to do. It was really, hats off, one of the best performances I've seen from a defensive team in a very long time. That's probably the most encouraging thing that you can take from this game. They won't play every team like that on defense, but they will be able to build on that Combine that hopefully with improved special teams and improved offense and become a better team going forward. Now one thing that I think is really key about the way the defense have played is the Rams have one player. His name is Steven Jackson and he's a fantastic running back. He ended up averaging 3.4 yards a carry. He had 23 attempts. Uh, there were 24 passing attempts by the Rams, so basically he was 50% of the team's offense. Um, interestingly, Glenn Coffey had 24 attempts and Sean Hill had 24 attempts as well. So very balanced numbers there. Uh, a few other guys got the ball for the run on both sides for a total of five other plays on both teams. So in terms of the offensive attack on both teams, it was a very balanced performance. There just happened to be significantly better production from the 49ers playmakers. Now getting back to the defense and the way they handled Steven Jackson, he is not an easy guy to tackle. And the 49ers got to him, hit him, and then there were five other guys around to make sure that he got down to the ground. And playing Atlanta this week, that's exactly what the team has to do again. The 49ers can't let a running back get into the backfield, and Atlanta has a strong running team. They've got a lot of power up front. The 49ers need to get helmets around the ball. They need to get the running back on the ground. Very, very important. They did a great job of it this week. It was a little bit easier than it'll be this coming week because St. Louis is not as good a team. And quite frankly, you know that 50% of the time Steven Jackson is going to get the ball. So that was a really, I think, one of the brightest points of the defense, even beyond the interceptions, the sacks, and the fumble recoveries. I think that was really impressive to see. So hats off to them on that. I'm going to shift gears a little bit to the offense in the second half of the game. Sean Hill had two touchdowns. He threw for 152 yards, 14 completions. Uh, could very easily have been 17 completions. Morgan had a long ball dropped. Uh, Isaac Bruce had a ball dropped. And I think uh, Delaney Walker had the other key drop. So there were some 
big drops that would have further enhanced Hill's performance. Uh, he would have had maybe another 50 yards or close to it easily on the Morgan play. Uh, Morgan's got to make that catch, and maybe he does 9 out of 10 times. Glenn Coffey dropped one also. Um, those are the type of plays that the team has to make. Nevertheless, two touchdowns out of Sean Hill. The guy won another football game, and it's getting harder and harder for doubters to look past the fact that this guy wins football games. One way or another, he wins football games. And it's hard to say whether another quarterback, whether it's Alex Smith, whether it's Nate Davis, whether it's some random person who you want to plug in there, would be doing any better in this offense in this type of a situation. The 49ers don't often put a lot of receivers on the field, so Josh Morgan and Isaac Bruce get most of the looks. Arnaz Battle might get the occasional ball his way. Spurlock might get the occasional ball his way. So far, we haven't really seen anything out of Jason Hill. He was active only one game. And beyond that, the other 49er receivers, we're not going to expect to see many on the field at once. And that includes Brandon Jones, who for the first time this season saw some action in garbage time. So I think what we might see from the evolution of the receiver position may include some fewer plays for Isaac Bruce, especially if he continues to drop the ball. I think we might see him phased out a little bit. Other than that, you're not going to see many situations where you get to more than two wide receivers, though there was a, a little bit of a spread going on. You're going to see the ball continue to come to Vernon Davis and Delaney Walker because they do see the field out of the tight end position. Vernon Davis has come on strong. He had a touchdown reception. He made a few tough grabs. He's starting to make catches that he would have previously dropped, and he's holding on to the ball. And that's the type of evolution you want from a receiver like that. He's come up a big couple weeks in a row now, and that is really what we're hoping he would be when we drafted him. That's what Vernon Davis was brought to the 49ers to do. He continues to excel in the run-blocking game and in the pass-blocking game. But now he's really starting to come on as a threat as a receiver as well. And I like that the 49ers are getting him the ball in space. The defensive coaching was phenomenal, obviously. They mixed things up well. They confused the heck out of the Rams. They used what they call their magic formation, where they've got six guys or so standing up in the box. You don't know who's rushing, who's dropping into coverage. It was really, I mean, it continues to be one of the better formations that the team uses on defense. Offensively, we're starting to see Jimmy Ray open up the offense and tweak it a little bit, and maybe that's a blessing in disguise by having Frank Gore out. We're not expected to see Gore come back until after the, after the bye week. That means that we're going to continue to see this offense evolve. We're going to continue to see Sean Hill having a bit more control over where the ball's going. And so far, I think that's, that's helping the team. We're seeing a lot of screens, a lot of high percentage passes, but what I like about Jimmy Ray is he's using the mid-range screens. He's getting bodies downfield, throwing in a screen that's five yards down the field as opposed to at the line of scrimmage, and he's turning those into some good plays. So he mixes that up with the regular screens, the run game, and a few shots downfield, and suddenly you have an offense that's interesting and dynamic as opposed to three clouds, three yards in a cloud of dust. So I think that's an important evolution, and it's coming at the right time. I think they're giving Atlanta something else to look for this week, uh, having shown a lot of that against the Rams. I think that was a, a real positive. And I think that will continue to evolve, and when Frank Gore comes back and you plug that 
additional receiver slash running back into the mix who's really, you know, a highly talented player, you're going to have that much more of a dynamic offense. And I think as the team becomes more confident in Sean Hill and his ability to protect the ball, to make the good play, to make the smart play, and get the ball downfield, we saw two passes on target downfield this past week. Um, and we've seen him go to Isaac Bruce down the field before. So we know Hill can actually throw the ball. And I think as the team becomes more confident in that, as the players around Hill and Hill become more confident in that, we're going to start to see a more dynamic offense, even than when we've seen this past week. And that can only help the team. Finally, I really want to acknowledge Mike Singletary. Now, there's been a lot of talk as to whether or not this team was ready to play. And you can make an argument that they weren't. They came out and they let a 98-yard return or whatever, a 70-yard return on the kickoff, whatever it was. It was called back, thankfully, for the team. But had they not, it would have been a very different game. On the flip side, you can make an argument that this team was very prepared considering what they had come back from. They came back from a very, very emotional defeat. That was not an easy game to bounce back from. And quite frankly, the 49ers have been ready to play each week. Maybe not on the first down as it was this past week, and hopefully we won't see a recurrence of that. But overall, we're not seeing them beat themselves. We're not seeing them confused with 12 men on the field. We're not seeing the miscommunications coming in from the sideline. We are seeing players starting to evolve and know what's happening on defense and on offense. Particularly, Patrick Willis is really starting to see the game differently. You can tell by the way he's attacking the quarterback and knowing where the play is going. Um, and he's spreading that into the defense. Ahmed Brooks has sniffed out two awesome plays behind the line of scrimmage the past two weeks. And he's showing some major explosiveness. On offense, we're seeing Sean Hill evolve into the type of player where he's making calls at the line of scrimmage about who needs to be picked up in the blitz. Where the ball can go, he's making the calls at the line of scrimmage in a way that veteran quarterbacks do. He's gaining that understanding. And that's what I mean when I say that this team is becoming prepared to play every game each week. I hope that continues to improve and continues to build going forward, but there's been a lot of positives so far, and I don't think that we can ignore what Mike Singletary has done to this team. And that about wraps up this week's show. It's been an exciting week coming off of a shutout win that was absolutely huge. It's going to be a big game this Sunday, absolutely. If the 49ers go 4-1 and into the bye, they will have a great position in the NFC West, and they will be in good shape to get Frank Gore back into the offense and continue strong throughout the rest of the season. They continue to build and get better, and they continue to learn from their mistakes, and I think that's a sign of good, solid coaching. So folks, I want to thank you all once again for tuning in. I do want to encourage you to check out the 49ers Paradise Facebook page and become a fan. The more of you out there who become a fan, the better that page and the better 49ers Paradise in general is going to be. As always, if you've got any questions, send them in to podcast at 49ersparadise.com. You can also call into the show. Just click the phone link in the top right-hand corner of the main page of 49ers Paradise. If you ever have trouble communicating via the phone, definitely drop me a line and we'll work it out. That's all for this time. Take care and have fun.
the 49ers had only just begun.